0: Namaste.
1: I've been reading a book by Ernesto Ballesteros, who is a uh, philosophy professor at the University of Madrid. Has anyone ever read any of these books? Uh, They're not translated into English, but uh, they are are very uh, powerful works. This one is on the teachings of Ramana Maharshi. La to Harshidi. Another of his books is Kant Frente a Shankara. And he has another uh, book on the Advaita understanding of the different states of consciousness the Jagrat, Swapna, Sushupti, Turiya, Turiyatita. He's, he's one of the few modern Western philosophers who takes seriously the Advaita tradition and he finds that Ramana Maharshi is one of the most subtle and profound thinkers of the modern age and whereas most westerners sort of flip him off as being a simplistic uh, mystic <laughs> and uh, One of the reasons, in fact, that we study Lacanian theory in this school is that it's one of the few theories that allows us to instrumentally analyze the writings of Ramana Maharshi. For example, Ramana is very clear on the difference between reality, which could be put in quotation marks, and the real And, of course, Lacan is famous for analyzing the psychological uh, dimensions into imaginary, symbolic, and real. For us, Lacan's real is actually only real one. It's only a very low version of the real. For Ramana, what the real, with a capital R, means is that which transcends reality. And so when Ramana says to become self-realized, he means the self as the ultimate real. The real is a limit concept because it does not occur in reality. It is that which contains reality and makes reality possible. But it does not appear within reality. Very similar to this film The Matrix, right, in which... The reality, the matrix, is unreality, it is illusion, and the real is beyond it. Although even there, beyond was still within the illusion. So we want to bring our consciousness from the reality that is in fact maya, or illusion, to the real. Where is the real? Well, it is beyond, but not beyond in a spatial sense. Because all the concepts that we use to understand the so-called reality are unreal, in terms of the absolute real. So in the absolute, the real, there is no space, there is no time, there are no entities. And therefore the transcendence of reality cannot be understood using the terms of ordinary language, which is geared only to understand this field of reality or maya. Therefore it's very difficult to talk about and the advaitins ultimately say silence is the real teaching and in this ramana and buddha are in alignment the real cannot be described in language and so the real one of which uh, one of the terms of which is brahman is called nirguna without qualities indescribable and yet we are that and this is the great paradox And in meditation, our effort is to realize that we are already, even now, because there is only now, the real. But it's very difficult to let go of these concepts, as we know, and even most difficult to let go of the belief in entities. And Sri Ramana says that this is the ultimate key to liberation. And, of course, the prime entity that we have to stop believing in is the me, the ego, the false self. And as long as we believe in the me, then all the other entities are going to be believed in, and even entities that other people will not believe in may be necessary to support the unreality of the ego. But for Ramana, it's all illusion, not just the ego but other people as separate entities, or channeling extraterrestrials, or angels, or even up to and including God. All of that comes within the field of Maya. The real is beyond any terms. And that's why one can be an atheist and still be self-realized. Because what we're dealing with is a real that can only be realized once there has been a transcendence, a radical transcendence of all conceptualization. And so we have to give up our addiction to conceptualization, to constant thinking. It's the thinking in the mind that supports the illusion of the ego. You feel real as long as you're able to justify your existence by talking to yourself. And most of the relationships we have are part of a scenario, a fantasy scenario, a world template that we create and recreate in, in, in a pattern that becomes very familiar, that's, that's very stylized after a while, because you see yourself replacing one character with another who will play the same role in the egoic drama. And It is the letting go of those characters and those roles and those plays and the need for the strokes that support the ego's existence that takes the courage to achieve liberation. But because in those interactions within the field of maya, there is never satisfaction, there is always ultimately a residue of suffering, and disconnect and disappointment the only way out of our suffering and of the illusion of those entities some of which become easily demonic in character the only way out is the realization of emptiness that the I does not exist as an entity nor do these others that I have projected as being entities. But in fact, we are real at a level that transcends the play of the egoic labeling of people and of the self. And in that state then we can begin to enter real too real one is that anxiety, that nameless dread that sometimes we will try to put a name to in order to control it. So it's, we will often put blood and death, dead bodies into that that category. I'm afraid of that, but that's not really what we're afraid of. The nameless dread is really a fear of the nothingness. In India, the, uh, the Brahmins, the Hindus, are not allowed to touch a, a dead body, uh, or they are contaminated and they have to do a ritual immediately of purification. And uh, Ramana said, we're all cadavers here. Why, why do you touch each other? You should be washing all the time. That's all these are. They, they're not really alive now with all this radiation that's coming out of Japan we really are cadavers walking around we're all going to get very close to that if we're radiated enough but it's important to not identify with this the life is not a physical energy the life is the energy of the real that pours in through this vehicle into the world and so our reverence for that source will save us from the need to get our fuel from the touching and the, uh, the jouissances, whether of desire or of hatred and anger, um, between people that keep egos going in the world and that lead to the wars and the disasters that we are now suffering from, the collective stupidity even that creates nuclear reactors. So all of this can only be overcome through the realization of the real because it is only there that the source of intelligence lies. Truth is there. Love is there. Detachment and fearlessness are there. Clarity and harmony and unity can be regained by realizing the oneness of all that is, that transcends this plane and yet permeates it. And we can then become actors who are avatars of the real, rather than egos disconnected from the real and searching blindly for some happiness that is a mirage. So that's what we're doing in meditation is we're cutting that addiction to dispersing our energies out into the world, justifying in our existence with our minds, seeking images and emotions that support the egoic fantasies and entering into the silence that is a death. It is the death of the ego, but the opening to eternal life in the real. This is the intention of every religion and of every spiritual teacher throughout history, is to help open a portal to the real for those who are lost in this matrix. And that's the real purpose of meditation. So I hope you will use the power of your will to silence the mind and turn inward into that inner dimension that is the source of consciousness. And simply recognize effortlessly that you are the ultimate real, right here and now.
0: Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Murti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org.